for joining us, everybody. Um, it's a, a new podcast, uh, N2P podcast. Um, we're a mental health podcast. We talk about mental health, kind of male, female, get people talking, that kind of thing. Um, thanks for joining me. I have Brad. Hang on, I did this wrong last time. Bradley's there. So that's uh, Brad Garland, a <laughs> uh, friend of mine from the Andy's Man Club days. Um, but we'll get into Brad's story in a minute. But before I go, Brad, how are you, buddy? Good to see you. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, mate, I'm not too bad. Trying to keep my head above water and uh, yeah, doing my best. How are you coping? Not too bad, yeah. I've managed to still have a job during lockdown, so yeah, I'm keeping busy. Nine till five. Ah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm so yeah. excited. I don't know what to do. I don't know if to get a new job or not. It's keep, me, keep me busy, keep me busy. But um, yeah, as I said in the little intro, I, I met Brad uh, four, four years ago, I think. We, um, yeah, between four or three years ago, yeah. We did, uh, it was part of Andy's Man's Club, obviously everyone knows about Andy's Man's Club, a, a male mental health talking group that we got up, kind of got mixed up in, and um, we did a little walk to London, didn't we? We did like Halifax to London, yeah. um, I was the only kind of guy from where I am, just, uh, we just started walking and we, everyone got talking, <laughs> I got to know Brad and uh, got to know Brad's story about his dad, which we'll go into in a minute, and um, yeah, it's a great story, man, and how how it's kind of influenced you to kind of go on and get men talking about mental health and stuff. And I thought it'd be quite good for the, for the podcast and what we do on the podcast to get your story across. So, yeah, of course. Uh, so your dad, yes, uh, Steve Garland, professional rugby league player, um, played Super League, which I was just saying before, and I never knew he played Super League. It's a fair season, wasn't it? Was it 97, <laughs> wasn't it? Fair season. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like the very first season. Yeah. Played for Oldham, finished in uh, 98. So, how was it? So, what was he like? Was he, um, what was he like as a person? Was he kind of a, just a normal guy, kind of, uh, kind of hard-working northerner? Yeah, just um, kind of like a loving, caring family man, really. Um, you know, like a dedicated sportsman, uh, really dedicated to his work. You know, he had like a lot of ambition and then had a lot of time for a lot of people as well, so. He's kind of like an all-round um, good guy. So is that the kind of, obviously kind of his generation's very, well, not, not far off me, but my, my kind of my dad's generation, it was that kind yeah. of hard-working, you know, go out and graft and earn your money type of guy. Was that, was that what he's like? Like a really tough, like man's man, like a, a, the, the man of the house kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that, but then like he did, um, he was quite open as well in um, like, in a way where like we we chat quite a lot. You know, a lot of people like you know a lot of men that age probably didn't talk at all, but my dad yeah. kind of talked a lot, but probably not about the stuff that was detrimental to him in the end. You know, um, so yeah, like he was kind of like a really open guy, but unfortunately didn't talk about the things that he should have really done. You know. Yeah, uh, like yeah. I was, it's, it's something like when, when I was growing up, I was growing up kind of early 90s and it was that kind of generation, it's that kind of manly man, man up thing that everyone talks about, isn't it? That kind of generation where you, for, for the man of the house, you don't yeah. talk about things you're struggling with and obviously that's kind of followed on, hasn't it, through generations. But um, So he was a kind of, you know, hard-working sportsman, professional sportsman. So what was it like? Yeah. What, what was you like looking? Was you a kind of big... Was he a big inspiration to you, like looking up to it? Oh, massively. Um, I mean, he coached my rugby team for from about five, six-year-old to to about under sixteen. So, 
like quite a lot of people my age, you know, like were coached by him and stuff. And, you know, he did that because he was a big fan of the sport, but he also did it because he liked seeing other people develop as a person off the field as well in terms of confidence and seeing them move on and do good things with their life. And then a lot of people kind of came to him as well. So like, as well as me looking up to him, like quite a lot of other people my age did as well and still do. Yeah, because he, he finished, didn't he? And he went into coaching, is it um, oh, Mayfield? Mayfield, Mayfield yeah. yeah. So do you think, like like I was saying before, we, we hit record, had a quick chat, I was just saying I've got friends in professional sport and I've got friends who come out of professional sport and the kind of dressing room environment, that kind of being with your boys and the highs and lows of sport, do you think that kind of, do you think getting back into coaching kind of helped him kind of deal with whatever he was dealing with, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, like, in terms of coaching, like, I coached the open age at Mayfield and then my age as well. So, in terms of coming home from work, it was kind of tea on the table. The house was full and then off to training. Yeah. You know, so it was like, always kind of busy and always had something to do. Um, and then at the weekends, they had the open age team. They had a game on Saturday and then my team had a game on Sunday. So, like, everything was kind of, it was always surrounded by people. Um, so, I think that kind of, like, really helped. Um I mean, it helps a lot of people anyway, kind of get through life, you know, like surrounding yourself by people and always having things to do. Um, but I'd say probably when he when he gave that up, like when he gave coaching up and probably rugby came to an end um, and I went off to uni and my brother was busy like with his college and stuff. I think for him, everything started to quieten down and that must have been when he's kind of had a lot more time to think about things. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and dwell on things and... Um, kind of magnify situations in his life I suppose which is from an outsider's perspective everyone still thought they had the perfect life if you will mm. um, because I you know his kids are going on to do um, further education and you know like he had like a really nice house and stuff and like still had a good job and a lot of people respected him but yeah. I feel like that extra time yeah kind of like you know you you, you went off to uni, your brother went off to do his things, and then it's, it's that thing in life, isn't it, where you, you, your children leave, and it's just, obviously, you give up the coaching thing and stuff, and that's it, isn't it? It's, it's that thing of the mind, isn't it? You have to keep your kind of mind yeah. going and stuff. And yeah. So was there any kind of, um, I won't say early signs, was there any kind of things that you can kind of pinpoint where he, you could kind of see something different in him, in his character or anything kind of behaviour-wise that was anything different? Because you said he was quite a, you know, happy guy, talkative guy. And yeah, 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 yeah. Anything, did you notice anything um, different? I mean, so, uh, so I started uni in October 2015. And he, like, he took his own life in August 2016. Yeah. And up until then, everything seemed, you know, like perfect. And I actually remember the New Year's Eve of 2015 and, we had a house party at ours and, you know, again, like he was that life and soul of the party, bringing everyone together, singing karaoke. Like, honestly, it looked like he didn't have a care in the world, you know, like yeah. it was like a really happy time for him. Um, and then I came back in March 2016 uh, from uni for Easter. Um, everything seemed okay then, like no kind of warning signs. Maybe seemed a little quieter, but unfortunately, like, that was just something that people you just passed off you know like you just took for granted that it'd be okay because you never envisaged that what happened what, what's going to happen six months later was actually going to happen you know so you'd have thought that if you wouldn't have wanted to talk about something it would have done 
Um, and I actually, again, remember going out some food with him in about April time. And he ended up on the karaoke again, singing. Like, it, it was just one of them guys, you know, and, and he kind of took for granted again that everything was fine. You know, he was up in his singing and everything's well. But then I went back to university and came back in, finished my exams in second year in about May, June time. Yeah. And that's when I noticed the massive difference in kind of him as a person. Um, I mean, I came back and it was kind of like a bit emotionless and stuff. And he said, it started to open up saying he's not been sleeping. Yeah. Things are playing in his mind. Um, but it, it just totally changed in his character. And it, it, it was kind of a bit, because I was away for so long, it was a bit scary for me to see because it was like, oh, you know, like what's happened? How can we help and stuff? And there were things going on, you know, to help him. But for me to come back to Union, you know, um, him to kind of say that to me that he's you know he's struggling sleeping and there's things playing on his mind that kind of worried me quite a bit um, but we did get him the help he, he did need as well you know like he had a lot of counselling and stuff and um, did have like a lot of other help he, he was um, he was kind of trying to open up then before yeah so he was he was you know going going to obviously therapy and and stuff like that he was kind of yeah, yeah, opening yeah. up to you a little bit so what was he obviously you don't have to talk about anything yeah, yeah. no that's fine like anything like that. so what was what was his what was he opening up about like what was kind of bothering him i don't just kind of like i think the thing that annoyed him was he couldn't pinpoint anything yeah and he did it he couldn't understand why he was feeling like that yeah. That that's the thing that, and it, I think he was trying to fight it and understand why he was feeling like that, and he couldn't do. And that in itself creates more kind of anxiety and anger as well. And it, you know, it, and I think, yeah, he he just couldn't pinpoint it. And you know, you sat down and you you tried to kind of um, rationalize yeah. and kind of like build perspective on things. You know, you sat down and. Um, you know, so we can get through it together and stuff. He had all the help, but I think he got himself to a point, and I don't think he ever believed that he was going to get himself into that point. Otherwise, he would have, he would have nipped it yeah. in the bud. Hey, you know, it, 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 it would have opened up about three years ago if he if he would have knew that this was going to happen. So I think it came as a massive shock to him as well. Like you know, all of a sudden just snuck up on him. Yeah, yeah, I get that, mate. Yeah. Speaking to obviously speaking to yourself and the, the guys on the podcast and obviously the people we've met through certain things, yeah. it's a very similar story, isn't it? You hear it a lot where yeah. it's not just one thing; it's it's two or three things, and then you you play stuff off this side and you go to that. Yeah. Side and you, it's just I think that's why talking about it and so, uh, kind of talking about it early, I think instead of letting things kind of build up and build up and build up, I think that's what, what would you say? To, to people out there like that would you just encourage them to just talk more and it's not easy is it I mean we, we've we, we've seen lots of people try and yeah stuff. no no yeah, so what, yeah. What I mean there? yeah just I think in terms of that just talk as often as you can you know just to people like and and kind of just promote conversation like I mean ask away ask how they are and then, you know, like, listen to what they have to say. And then, you know, like, you can say how you are as well. Because I think one of the problems is people don't realise that other people are going through the same things as us. And yeah. the fact that we don't talk about it, we'll, we'll never find out. And the biggest, I think one of the best things about talking is that 
moment when you both realize that, you know, oh, I've had that problem too. And then you can talk about it and you can kind of build on it and you, you build your perspective then. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things. Well, like before I got involved with Andy's Mind Club and we met, I was in a similar situation. I felt like I was on my own, you know, I was isolating myself. Yeah. So similar to now. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I was isolating myself and felt like I couldn't say anything. And then yeah, once you, once you like I didn't, I, I met Brad and I've, I've met many people through Andy's Mind Club and other things. And I said, oh yeah, that part of his story, I've done that as well. And yeah. You can kind of talk about it and it makes you feel a lot better and at ease with yourself, yeah. I think, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, so just going back to your dad, I want to talk about, well, I want to kind of touch on that day. Was So that so the day it happened, was, was there anything kind of different? Did you notice anything? Did you speak to him or anything like that? Yeah, well... I- I was off uni for the summer at this point, so um, I was kind of like spending like most of my days with him um, anyway. Um, So, I mean, it was kind of like the same as as I initially met him back from uni, but I think he had a bit of a dip in between that point and then we could see him getting better. You know, because I I think at one point, like he, he couldn't really go into a supermarket without kind of, you know, um, stressing out and like, having a bit of a breakdown and you know then he, he started to reintroduce himself and started going back and you know started doing little things and um, kind of completing little milestones if you like so like we could see he was making progress but I suppose because he was in this state of mind of like in his kind of like tunnel vision he couldn't see it he couldn't see what progress he was making um, and then when it, when it actually came to like the 19th of August like I think I, I remember just like taking him shopping in the morning. We went to Aldi, just did a routine food shop um, on a Friday morning. Um, mm-hmm. You know, came back and just kind of like did stuff around the house and stuff like that. And it wasn't it wasn't anything kind of alarming to me because it we could kind of see him making progress. So yeah. you're starting to kind of build back trust with him and stuff about everything, and um, you know. Ultimately, they had, a, you know, obviously the, the things set on his mind and whether it would have been in the 90s, you know, you, you never know, do you? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so it, yeah, didn't see kind of anything coming like that at all. Um, yeah, I can't even, like, I, I've lost, I've lost, friends, I've lost two mates to it um, and you, you just, I can't even imagine, I've lost friends, I can't imagine what it was like for you losing, obviously, you Losing your dad, especially at like when he was mm. nineteen, I think, and going yeah. through that, and yeah. so I don't want to, I don't want to go into too much about that. Really, to be fair, like um, no, no, it's fine. Um, so the afterwards and stuff, how was it? I mean, did you? How did you cope with it? How did you kind of get? Yeah, to the place where you're okay talking about it now, and <laughs> yeah, um, wow. how how did you as a family? I mean. How did you kind of work through it? Yeah, um, I mean, from then till now, like an absolute roller coaster, um, bite of emotions and everything. Like for, for like quite a lot of people, like you know, like my mum and my brother and myself involved, yeah. and like my grandma and stuff and his brother. Um, but initially, everyone was just kind of numb, you know, because it was such a surreal thing. Like we didn't have a clue what's just gone on. Like one minute it was there. 
and literally like a second later like not so it's kind of like you had to process that and that was kind of like a, a very 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 difficult thing to do and it, it wasn't going to happen overnight um yeah. and initially it was just basically just like numbness um when we went back to uni i went back to uni then and to me nothing kind of changed because you're back at uni you, you know you're in your own little university bubble and i didn't see that much anyway beforehand the only thing you were missing was just like the phone calls and the texts. But then when I come back to um, when I come back home, see my brother and my mum at Christmas time that in that twenty sixteen, that's when it kind of hit that like he wasn't there, he wasn't sat around the table, and he wasn't going to come back through the door. And that's kind of like when everything just kind of flooded in. I thought this is it. like you're going to have to like face it and overcome it now, like because you can't just pare it off as if it's not happened you can't be in denial about it you've got to face it and you know if you do face it then you can start to build on it then at least at least you've got like a kind of like a foundation then um i mean and then i went back to university and to be honest you know i had all sorts of emotions i was angry you know upset lost motivation to be honest i was on the phone to my mum saying i'm dropping out like i'm not i'm, not, I'm finishing uni I'm not, I'm not doing it i think i did that about I've lost count to be honest. I think my mum might be able to tell you how many times I rang up and said it, but if it weren't for her, then I honestly don't think I would have finished second, third, and fourth year at all. Yeah. I'd, I'd have just walked out. Um, that's kind of like where my head was at because I just couldn't see anything at all. Like I kind of like lost meaning to everything. It's like, what's the point of doing you? And what's the point of, you know, I just kind of like started to get that mentality, which to me was dangerous and it scared me and my mum as well. And, other people because it's like you don't want to get into a similar situation where you're feeling low like that so it was kind of like a call to action then thinking like you know I've got to get counseling and stuff you've got to kind of start talking to people reaching out and just holding on whether it's holding on just day by day or like reaching out to milestones you know like finishing your exams in a month's time right you've done that what's the next thing you know just like that and then all of a sudden you've got through a week a month half a year a year and all of a sudden like the, the time the time in itself is a healer as well um you know like as you're doing these like time will just heal itself as well as well as you're talking to people and kind of being open and honest um you will actually get better because i was at that point where i just i was just in like a tunnel vision i couldn't see anything at all and i couldn't i couldn't care less about plenty of things um yeah, but now by kind of like being open and stuff and three and a half years later I couldn't tell you how different my headspace is you know obviously you still have down days yeah, but mate. you know you, you put everything into perspective and I think now like you know I'm probably still going to get times in the future when things are going to knock me back but it's them tools that you've learned I think and you know like knowing how to then utilize them in the future to make yourself yeah um yeah, just hearing just hearing what you, what you went through and and stuff like that, and it's just incredible where you are now. And you you realised that you know if you didn't do anything about it, you're just going to go that way yourself, aren't you? And you've just got to. Yeah. I know it's, it's it's the hardest thing to do, isn't it? It's, it's just going to get some help. And, yeah. And it's it's that it's that thing of you know people aren't going to think anything less of you, are they? Really? I mean, they can understand no. what what you went through and to to be able to talk about it in, in public and, 
Um, obviously, we'll go into stuff in a minute. What 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 you've yeah. done, what you've done with it and stuff. And I mean, just as a as a family, did you feel like you did you feel like you had to kind of step up a little bit as a as a man, shall we say? Did you feel you had to kind of step up and and be that kind of rock of the house kind of thing? Did you feel you had to kind of step yeah. into yeah. his shoes a little bit? Yeah, um, I definitely felt like that because, you know, like I wanted to kind of, well, I always did anyway. Like I always wanted to do him proud and I always wanted to look at, my main priority then was to look after my mum and brother and like other close family members. So that, that was kind of like my responsibility being like the the eldest, uh, eldest brother. Yeah. So, and kind of like being there for them as well. Um, like if they wanted to talk, like me kind of like listening to their issues as well. Yeah, I think that's very important, is especially for for your mum and stuff like that, being there, being that, being that person, that kind of rock and that support kind of structure and stuff. Um, it's very similar, like to, to when I lost my first mate. Like all our friends, we was very similar age, kind of early twenties, kind of twenty year old, and never dealt with anything like this before. And we all kind of got together for a coffee and we're like, right, well, like what's just what's just happened? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Go through that thing of you know. Um, if we'd have done this, would this have happened? If I'd have done that, this might yeah, have happened. Yeah. But you yeah. can't, like with, with, no. with my friend, it was, we went drinking on a Sunday and on the, on the Wednesday, I got a call to say that he, he, he died on the Monday. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of like, like you said, one minute we was out having a beer and the next minute, yeah, it's, he's not there anymore. And it's that kind of smack in the face of, wow, what's just happened? And yeah. I just, I, 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 I wasn't like that. I, I, it took me a long time to get over that. I'd never dealt with anything like that before. Obviously, you go through bereavement and stuff like that, but yeah, I've never dealt with anything like that before. And I found that really hard to kind of get through that. And I can't imagine what it was like for you, like losing a losing a parent, man. Yeah. Horrendous. But one of obviously what you've done now and finishing uni and everything, and you know what you've done and I'm sure he's I'm sure he's really proud of you to, to be where you are now he's just incredible yeah, and I, I follow your story I know we don't really talk as much but we follow each other on social media and stuff and following your story and where you are now it's it's really you inspire me obviously I need some abs I think I need some abs like you <laughs> but um so moving on from from that a little bit I want to go into kind of what what you did uh, kind of post so what you're doing now and how you've gone on to kind of carry on his name obviously there was a lot of outpouring wasn't in the press from the local community and kind of yeah um did that kind of help you kind of realize what kind of man he was and how how he was well kind of held within the community and stuff and the rugby league family yeah i mean it was it was really heartwarming to be honest to kind of see everyone's reactions um like within that local community and wider, um, in terms of like the messages and like the of like condolences and stuff, um, and also kind of like stuff that people were posting, like pictures that I've never seen before and things like that. So it was it's kind of like really heartwarming um, to to know that people were thinking of him like that. And you know, I, I mean, it's no surprise really for like the man he was. But again, like when it actually happens and like you see all these pictures and stuff, it does kind of like make you feel good inside. And proud. Obviously, if you if you follow kind of rugby league and 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 the stuff, kind of when it, when anyone kind of 
uh, passes on from the rugby league. Everyone kind of, it's weird, isn't it? Everyone kind of comes together, don't they? It's like a big, together, yeah. big unit and stuff. And there's always kind of, um, you've seen it with like uh, Mossy, obviously with his injury and stuff like that. People kind of get together and yeah. Does it does it really help? Does it honestly, as a family, does it make you really? Does it really help you kind of cope with it a little bit and that kind of thing? I mean, I mean, rugby league for me is like it's helped me, but I can't I can't thank rugby league enough to be honest for, yeah. for like for what it's done, like post you know um, like post my dad's death because yeah. it's just kind of like the people. It's just the people like you can. There's no other people out there like people in rugby Sweet, like, they're just amazing like yeah like it's just totally different like um yeah I, I owe them a lot anyway just like in terms of like sport and all the different clubs and stuff and especially Mayfield as well like them as a club like it's just like outstanding you play rugby yourself obviously was he a big kind of inspiration to get you into the game obviously he coached you as a lad and stuff and is, is yeah it yeah is it did like we talked then about rugby league and stuff, has it, has it helped you kind of with that kind of, uh, shall we say, changing room thing? Has it helped you being around a lot of other people kind of help you kind of get through it? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's just sport in general is just something to focus on like within the week and stuff. And, you know, surrounding yourself with people, like I said before, um, you know, turning up to training and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it's... I mean, like you say, it's the changing room as well. Um, you know, like before and after a game, it's just like the feeling of like everyone's together and stuff. And, you know, like chanting, chanting his um, SU6 and stuff after the game, like the Mayfield changing room after we win. After we win. It's like a really surreal moment. And it's, again, like really heartwarming and stuff. Good, mate. Yeah. Does it a uh, big inspiration? Then? Does, it, does it kind of inspire you to be, you know, kind of following his footsteps and stuff? I mean, like, I always were following his footsteps and stuff because like, I always look up to him. Um, yeah. So I just thought I kind of like, I mean, I always say, like, even if I'm half the man that he was, then like, I've, I think I've done a, a decent job. Um, because, you know, just in terms of like his personality and how he kind of treated people and how welcoming he was and stuff and like the advice he offered people coming to him and stuff like that. So I just want to kind of like mirror him really and like be as, be as much like him as I can, you know. Um, for my own benefit as well, really, because like he's, you know, like he's, you know, he's like a really well liked guy. You know, he's. Um, yeah. You started a, a foundation in his name. Um, yeah. How did that kind of come about, and um, kind of how did it kind of start off? I think it started around. I'm sure it started. Around, well, the idea was planted probably around about September, October, like towards the end of September, October time. So it wasn't too long after. And it was like an idea from um, from a close friend and like um, a few black family members and friends kind of got together and stuff. And um, like we set it up to, you know, like initially carry on his name within the community. And also to kind of like raise a profile of mental health, like use it as a platform to promote the importance of talking. Um, and also like for people to come to as well, like if they needed a bit of it bit of a chat you know like we're not professionals or anything like that you know we just do as much as it's just like the art of talking and probably at least signposting anyway to say like this is this is kind of what's out there for you know like for your help um and then also to um help people within that local community as well like surrounding Rochdale and Oldham um so like if if a kid needed money for a treatment or like a disability aid um 
or you know like just like lots of other different things like within the community if people needed help like food banks for example yeah. or like homeless shelters then like we could have the money then to um to help them so it's kind of like a bit of a multifaceted um foundation but um yeah to keep his name going mental health and then just supporting people within the community so have you have you seen some kind of really kind of differences in mental health around kind of like you said Watchdale and kind of Oldham and stuff like that is there a real change in the community now with towards mental health definitely I, I definitely say there is I mean um but in terms of like the foundation logo like I can see it there <laughs> the little badge um I'll stick a picture in actually <laughs> um, like it's on like the majority of rugby league kits in uh, Rochdale and Oldham um, and like some football kits as well so it, just in terms of like that presence in sports clubs um, like people kind of seeing that and kind of either knowing the backstory or if they don't they'll ask a question and then it just raises conversation then about the whole topic of mental health um and I've, like, I've definitely seen like, a lot more people kind of coming to me for help as well, like, which I welcome because, you know, like if I'm promoting, I, I want to help people as well as much as I can. Um, yeah. Yeah, I get Yeah, which, you know, is it's fantastic really. But that's kind of what I want to happen at the end of the day. I want people to come to me and, you know, ask for help and open up. Because sometimes if you feel like you've got no one at all, then it's, it's nice to know that there is someone saying, like, you know, you can talk to me, like, my door's open. Yeah, I think it's that thing of inspiring, isn't it? It's that thing, if, if, if they see people like us or obviously other people in, in social media opening up and talking about it, then they can do it mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I think it's that, obviously, you know, the kind of generation will go back to, like, your dad and, like, my dad, that kind of thing. And that generation of not feeling right to talk about things like that. I think there's a definite yeah. change now than there was... Yeah, like 90s and stuff especially I found it around here is a completely different obviously we've got we've got an Andy's Man's Club in Hull we've got lots of other different things and stuff and I think there's a definite change I mean I won't be doing this now exactly you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. And, to be, and to be honest the sad thing is as well in terms of for me I probably wouldn't be doing this if like, because I think sometimes like the sad thing about it is it takes people to actually, you know, do do things for like people to kind of wake up, and you know, I, I keep myself sometimes thinking that what why wasn't I kind of preaching about this and promoting this a long time ago? But it, you know, it just it never occurs to me. And that's one thing that kind of like gets me sometimes. It's like why does it have to take that for? Yeah, I mean, it's similar to obviously the we've had um, Caroline Flack, haven't we, recently and stuff like yeah. that. Can, it does take something like that for for stuff to change and. It's it's the sad part of it that people, but I always say like especially with the Caroline Flat thing, you don't see anything now, do you? It's gone, it's finished. Like oh, there's nothing yeah. news, and there was for a week there was this big social media thing, and now what? Yeah. You don't see anything yeah. new. I think the more people we see, like yourself, and obviously the work your foundation does, I think the more it's the more we get it out there, the more we yeah. see it, the, the the change is gonna is gonna happen, and. But I just want to talk to you, Brad, a little bit before we go about yeah, of course. Um, talking about mental health. So you're a big advocate about talking. I, I'm the same. And obviously I, I talk bollocks on here for ages. But um, what, why, <laughs> why, why is it so important to, to talk about, obviously, what you're going through? And how would you kind of, 
how would you kind of help people out there to get talking? I mean, for me, like talking's helped me massively. Like, cause I've had counselling sessions, um, you know, with a few different counsellors and stuff, and that's it helps you kind of rationalise things, um, definitely, and build perspective as well. Because when you're talking to people, you're also getting their like it's important for them to listen when you're talking, but then you're also getting their perspective. Yeah, you know, so you can kind of like it kind of open opens a lot of doors, um, and I mean, if you don't talk, it's like you can kind of, you spend a lot of time in your own head and you talk to yourself more than you talk to anyone else. So if you don't, if you don't talk, you start kind of snowballing things in your head, you start making things up in your head. And, and to, if you tell you things enough time, if you tell yourself things enough times, you believe it. And I've been there. And when you look back a few months later, you think, why well, was I thinking them things? But it's because you weren't reaching out and you weren't getting guidance off people. Um, so like, it's just so important to, you know, to kind of like just reach out, talk and rationalise and build perspective, basically. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it, it, it's that first thing, is it? It's 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 courage. It's having the courage. People say, it's, yeah, you're yeah. very brave, aren't you? You're very brave. And it is, it is a big thing to open up and talk about things that go on in here because it's so, yeah. so it's so personal yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's you isn't it it's whatever's going on here it's all you and to share that with somebody is very difficult and you know i went through it for a lot of time uh, uh lots of years like talk like you say talking to myself all the time and you just start to just you think oh, i'll get through another day like 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 your dad you know one day yeah it's okay i'm okay you know i'm all right and i'm all right i'm all right i'm all right and and really, if you just have that five to ten minute conversation with somebody, I think it really helps. And yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and like you said as well, like it does, it does take a lot of courage. And like you know, a lot of people put it off for a long time, but once you've done it, like once you've kind of made that first step, it does right. start to get easier. Yeah, it's very revealing. Like you start, you know, like the first time I kind of like you know, like open up to mum saying that I'm, you know, it's not good. I drop out of uni and stuff like you know this this is how I feel then like after it you kind of like it is a bit of a like a, a lift once you've done it because you know it's like a bit of a step forward like you're kind of like admitting that you're not coping that well and then you know that there are people out there to help but yeah it does take a lot of courage and bravery I mean like the one thing I was thinking about before like especially kind of like with what's going on and stuff like I was being surrounded by, by quite a lot of like probably like negative media and things um, like one thing that kind of helps me through like these times, especially like spending quite a lot of time on our own, is that like, practicing grat- gratitude. Yeah. Like the art of like kind of, you know, like being thankful and like noticing things in your life and, you know, seeking them out that you're kind of like, thankful and grateful for because there are a lot of things like no matter what it is like, and how big or small it is, even if it's just kind of like a nice meal that you've had in the day or something or, like the weather, just like, actually like practicing feeling thankful for it because. A lot of us, well, the majority of us aren't born with, you know, like waking up and going on a beautiful day. But like, you know, like actually practicing it, it triggers that positive emotions, especially like with all the negative media and um, what's going on at the moment. So it does definitely help to change your mindset. Yeah, definitely. I I, I have a friend of mine, Jay, and um, he's really big on things like that. Just um, take a half an hour, 10 minutes out of your day and just reflect on your day. And Yeah. 
think about obviously what we're going through now and everything and spend 10 minutes you know download zoom yeah. ring like speak yeah. to people and obviously i'd like to do this in person but obviously we can't but it's yeah. still talking to people i mean yeah you, you still see I mean, a different face and stuff and exactly i mean I, I did it the other day like i just wrote some things down like positive in um like some things that I thought's gone like well during like the lockdown and stuff, and then some things that um, like kind of like have a negative impact on me. And like by doing that, you can kind of like focus more on the things that have a positive impact, and you know try and remove as much as you can like the negative things. Um, you know, like kind of like try to generate that self awareness if you like. I like to read. I've got into reading. I'm not a big reader, but yeah, and like half an hour a night or something, just a chapter a day, just to kind of. Get my get my mind thinking and stuff. That really helps me. Um, but just do whatever you can, honestly. Exactly. Just if, if it's a text, if it's a phone call, just do as much as you can. But please try and talk to people. Just talk. I can't emphasise enough how important talking is. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't be here now if I had started talking and stuff like that. I, I really wouldn't. But Brad. Really appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you very much. Good to yeah. see your little face. I like to see you a little <laughs> more often. Uh, you're welcome back anytime, mate. Honestly, we'll, we'll get awesome. you on. We'll, we'll get you on to have a chat. But yeah, all, definitely do it again. Definitely, mate. Yeah, definitely. Um, all your stuff is going to be up there. All your links and everything's up there. Go and follow him. Go and follow the foundation. They do fantastic work in the kind of um, West Yorkshire area and in and around there. Brad, thanks, buddy. Thanks for the chat. Thank you very much. No stay problem. Stay safe, mate. Give your love to my family for you and um, stay safe, You too. See you later.